All right, what's up, everybody? We're the Film Snobs. And on our episode this week, we're going to be talking about four movies. We both picked one of our favorites, and then we also agreed on one. Um, yeah, so I think that talking about horror movies, uh, especially in October, pretty topical, spooky seasons right around the corner. So the first uh, movie that I ended up uh, deciding to pick to talk about, um, Get Out by Jordan Peele, uh, came out, I think, 2015, 2016, maybe? Six, yeah, I think 16. Yeah. Um, no, it's a fan, or 2017. Um, no. Sorry. But no, it's a fantastic movie. Um, it's especially significant it's very, because very of quickly becoming a classic i think absolutely i think it's probably one of the best uh modern horror movies like especially in the uh, past like 10 20 years um it stands out it's one of the most memorable movies i've ever seen um i think pardon that's in no small part because of the social implications that that movie had so if you haven't seen it yet spoiler alert we're going to be t- uh, discussing the plot of get out yeah, and that goes for movie. that goes for this whole one yeah so if you haven't seen any of them uh please go watch them and then watch this because we cannot do these movies justice just by talking about them they are fantastic and you need to watch them firsthand but yeah back on get out uh the social ramifications that that movie had um especially because historically uh black characters in horror movies they were like the first ones to get killed off um, and this is starring a, a African-American. Um, no, it, it's fantastic. Um, and again, like the movie itself has a lot. It, it's basically a big metaphor for the African-American experience in America. So it, it's definitely a, a big shift in the horror genre. For um, me, where, horror movies, do you want to finish or can I interrupt? Oh, no, yeah, you got it. Um. I was going to say a big thing for me for horror movies is like the twist at the end. Like you have to be, you have to be different. It was the classic, like it was all a dream or whatever. Like I'm not going to, it's not going to be a good movie. This one did a great job with the twist at the end. I would kind of relate like a perfect example of a twist is the sixth sense. So like, even though we're not going to talk about that one, that's just a great movie with a great ending. And this one, this one did the same yeah. for me. Yeah, I agree. But where I think this uh, Get Out differs from The Sixth Sense is because of the rewatchability. So The Sixth Sense, you can watch once. You're, like, blown away by the twist. You watch twice. Yeah. You pick up on all the stuff you missed out on. But then, like, on the third watch, you're like, okay, like, why do I, I want to watch I Like, this I get movie? what's happening now. Yeah, but with Get Out, like, I can watch it, like – like, I've watched it probably, like, five, six times, and it's just – it gets better every time because you just pick up on these little, like, minute details that, like, nobody would ever think to look for. True. No, it, it's fantastic, and I think that even just from, like, a, if you don't look at it through the lens of, like, okay, yeah, what's this a metaphor uh, for? It's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, there are some really cool scenes, especially the – um. The, uh, where he's stuck in the chair and then he ends up picking the cotton to get out. I feel like that's uh, like pretty on the nose as a metaphor, but yeah. like, it, it's just such a well-done movie. I um, think um, the whole general the whole general mood of the movie is done really well. So like from the second they arrive at um, the parents' house, all the employees and workers there like staring at them, like really creepy. Like the whole thing, you're just questioning like what is going on. Yeah, 
Yeah, where you really like, feel the like the tone of the whole thing was really it just keeps you on edge. Yeah, so for everybody who needs a recap, basically this African American guy is dating a white girl and that girl wants to take him home to meet her parents. Um the parents initially seem like they're perfectly nice, maybe a little weird. And so the dad says, I would have I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. But like at the end of the day, like they seem like perfectly nice people initially. Um, but then as the movie get, uh, progresses, you learn that it, they're actually this like secret cult that's like replacing their brains uh, uh, with um, and They're putting their brains into uh, black pe- uh, people's bodies and are like taking over uh, so that they can basically live forever. And the latest victim is the main character. When you're talking about the parents, I don't know if you've, have you seen The Visit? Yeah, yeah. We're not, we don't have to talk about that one either, but I'd highly recommend that one. No, that, that's a good one. That actually kind of reminds me of this one too. Like, whole thing, you're like kind of confused and the ending is like kind of shocking. Yeah. No, I thought the ending of Get Out was probably, it was really fantastic. Um, Agree. How, you know, he finally ends up getting out, which is, you know, the name of the movie. But then he ends up getting killed over, and you're like, oh, no. Like, it looks like he just killed, like, all these people. Um, like I the get cops, so you know. sick of these huge blockbuster horror film movies. Like, perfect example, The Nun. Like, huge movie. Like, oh, it looks so good, and it just sucks. Get Out was – got the same amount of hype, but it, it, it delivered. It was really good. Yeah, but I think that the ending, you get that little bit of comic relief with his uh, teeth. TSA buddy who ends up hitting the uh, hitting the cop with his car and goes uh, TS uh, mother mother bleeping a uh, we get stuff done I can't swear is this PG or um, PG thirteen I think we're keeping it PG um, okay. we'll keep it PG but uh understood no I think that comic relief really like it because like I'm on my seat for the, like basically the second half of the movie where I'm like oh god what's gonna happen so like that really does a good job of easing. Uh, the audience, and I think that really just speaks volumes about uh, to how talented of a director Jordan Peele is. Mm-hmm. Which I think the most absurd thing about this movie is that the fact that it's directed by Jordan Peele, who before this movie was known for Key and Peele, which is a uh, a TV show on Comedy Central. Nothing like this. This movie. was like, definitely a change of genre for him. Absolutely, um, but he's proven to be like one of the best directors uh, in modern movies, like. Of the past 10 years, I think Get Out's probably, like, one of the single best movies made. And it was by a guy whose career has basically been on a sketch comedy. So, I think it's just – it's insane to me. Like, it's it's so impressive. That reminds me of – what's his name? Robert – do you know Robert Edgar? Yeah, yeah. He directed The Witch, which was, like, a hit movie. And he had, he had directed no horror movies before that. Yeah. No, and I mean – I. I'd love to see how many uh, directors like ended up making that switch to like a completely different yeah, genre yeah. movie and like absolutely killed it. I mean, it's got to be like super rare. Like we didn't really do like research into like how many other directors did that, but like yeah. I'm sure it's far between that have been able to just completely switch genres and still make an incredible movie. So do you want to move on? Uh, yeah. So. Okay. So, Second movie we chose to yeah, talk you, about. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. So the second movie we decided to talk about is The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Probably one of the most iconic movies ever made. Um, Easily, hands down, my favorite horror movie. Yeah, no, it's... And even outside of horror movies, it exists as one of being like as being one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, and it's probably one of like a top three director ever. I don't know if you know this. Stephen King was actually really mad because when this movie came out, because it was not it was not very similar to his book, and not only was it not similar, it was a hit, and he was like so pissed because like it wasn't similar and people liked it. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick absolutely made the story his own. He changed up a lot. It was this movie actually where he made he did a he made one scene, uh, but he used 127 takes. I think was the final number. Really? On that. Which one? Do you know? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Off Just the top one of the Um. Yeah, I forget which one it was, but he ended up doing 127 takes of a single scene just to get it right. Kubrick's obviously has a reputation as being a perfectionist, but like, I didn't even know it was like to that degree. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to quick, no, it's, quick movie recap? Yeah. Yeah. You got this. So uh, for you guys, if you haven't seen the shining, that's just not okay. You need to go watch it. But um, pretty much Jack Nicholson is his name is Jack. What's his last name? I do not remember. Let me check. Anyway, Jack, it's Jack Nicholson. He's playing a guy named Jack. And um, he's going to kind of watch a hotel and, like, take care of it over the winter. It's kind of like a summer getaway hotel. And so during the winter, they just close down. So he's going to get this job to take care of it. But when he's interviewing for the job, they tell him that the last guy who had the job went crazy from the isolation and killed his whole family. And yeah. So he, he's there the whole winter taking care of this hotel. And he's, he's yeah, also an author. He's an author. He's like writing a book. Yeah. So it's him and his son and his wife. Uh, their, their last name is uh, the Torrance is him. His wife is son, Danny. Uh, who has this like ability to uh, to shine basically, which is like supernatural powers. Um, he can pretty much see pictures of the future and the past if he wants to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, Jack ends up kind of slowly going crazy. Um, no, it's, okay. it's really. I have I have a couple interesting fun facts. So, sorry, in the book, the room that they're staying in, where all the bad bad murder and stuff go down is room 217 but in the movie the hotel that they were using it to film to the room 217 was like a super 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 nice um like penthouse like the nicest room they had and they were scared if they used the same room number if people came to stay at the hotel they wouldn't book that room number and so they switched it to 237 for the movie Another fun fact I have is apparently so when Jack's wife ends up going to see like what he's written and it's just all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So apparently in every like iteration of that movie that they made for uh for foreign audiences, somebody had to read like write every like that entire uh script out in that foreign language. So like for Japanese audiences, they would just have to write that for like 300 pages um in japanese so for every single language that this movie was released in they had to do that over and over and over again and again like this is uh like 1980 
So special effect, like you couldn't CG that. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I just and Kubrick was insane uh, when it comes to perfectionism and making sure that absolutely. his movies are done exactly how he wants them to. He goes and like, like to, it's kind of ridiculous. I thought um a perfect example of like how he like needs the audience to try and understand what's happening. You know the scene where he's like staring out the window at his wife and at Danny and he has like the scariest look on his face. Yeah. It like starts to show and there's like I don't even it's just, like creepy music in the background. It shows you like he's starting to go crazy. Yeah. And then the the last fun fact I was going to tell you about was probably the most famous one of the most famous scenes in movie history when he comes through the door and he like puts his face in the door. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, here's Johnny. Here's yeah. Johnny, yeah. So the first time they took that take, it was just like a regular door and he had a, like a regular axe. But Jack Nicholson is like surprisingly strong and he has this like huge axe. First take, he hits the door. It literally got shredded. Like, sh- like totally the door is completely destroyed. And so they had to custom build like a super, super thick door so that it would take like a couple chops to get a gap. Yeah, and another uh, fun fact about that scene is probably the most iconic line from the movie, uh, Here's Johnny, was completely improvised by Jack Nicholson. Was it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he just, right off the uh, right off the dome, he was just like, here's, like, it was completely improvised. So That's funny, I had no idea. Jack Nicholson is a great talent uh, in acting. He's been in so many great movies, so many iconic parts. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he was Joker in the original Batman uh, even recently, uh, The Departed, which was not that recently. Yeah. 15 years ago. He was ago. in, um, You Can't Handle the Truth. What's that movie? Oh, um, A Few Good Men. A, a, yeah, A Few Good Men. I was having a debate with, um, shout out to Ryan Zix. He was trying to convince me Jack Nicholson was a more iconic actor than Tom Hanks. That's a discussion to be had. No that way. That's not true. Though. No, I mean, I, I think that, I don't know. That could be a future episode. That's If you agree with him, we're having some problems. No, I think that could be a future episode. I don't, I'm not saying I agree with him, but we could talk about that. Oh, I just, I have one more fun fact. Or do we have to move on? No, you can, you can do it. We're fine. You know the scene where, um, it's kind of just a boring scene. I don't even, the scene where Danny and his mom are just watching TV and Danny asks to go get his fire truck. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like a shot from like pretty far back and the TV that's in front of them isn't plugged in. There's no wires or cords anywhere and it's a box television. Really? Yeah, it's like so random. My dad pointed that out. My dad's obsessed with The Shining. Like I can't watch it once without him pointing out something new. (laughs) So, all right. Last but not least was my pick. Definitely newer than The Shining. It's called Hereditary. Yeah, it came out, I think, a couple of years ago. I think it did. I think. I have gotten to the point where horror movies really, like, they're, they don't scare me that much. I've seen it, like, a lot, and they're just whatever. Hereditary freaks me out. Yeah, so for all our viewers at home, Hereditary is a movie about, it's basically this family uh, whose grandmother uh, is in, like, this satanic cult. Um, but you're and, but you're unaware of that. But you don't know that right off the the bat. Um, so basically, Hereditary, um, it's uh, 
Yeah, so the grandmother dies, and then her granddaughter ends up dying later. Um, you know, you want to take the, uh, her granddaughter dies in probably the most like horrendous death I could see in a horror movie. One, yeah, you want to take the uh, the explanation? I'm kind of blind. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just watch this it, is, this is my movie, so that's fine. So yeah, family of four, and like right off the bat, the family's like they're kind of off. The daughter is like really weird. And so the grandmother dies and after that, the daughter dies. And so the mom and like the whole family obviously is like freaking out and like in a terrible state because of all the, all the things that are going on. And throughout the movie, like random things start happening and random people come into the family and try to like get people to do different things. And by the end of it, you realize that those people were in the cult that the grandmother was the leader of and they're actually trying to get the son to die because like they want him to be the leader of the cult like his soul or something it's really weird it's bizarre no i know we talked about twists earlier in the podcast but yeah. like, this movie had a fantastic twist yeah where, um, the daughter was basically the uh the placeholder for the son because the mom didn't yeah, want to that's give right. up. Yeah, uh, her name's Annie Graham in the movie. So Annie didn't want to give up her son as being like the uh, the embodiment of this demon. So she ended up trading her daughter, which um, talk about playing favorites. But also, if you go to watch this movie, it's the kind of movie where like you really don't know what's happening. It's just really weird and bizarre. But like at the end, things start to click if you understand it, and then. The scariest scene I have seen in my whole life is where the the son, Peter, comes downstairs and she is standing in the... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And she's exactly standing in the corner and it's like super dark and you can't see it. And in like the blink of an eye, she like runs out of the corner and starts chasing him. That scared me so much. Yeah, I think the highlight of the movie... Is, uh, is the acting. Both Tony Collette and Alex Wolf, who play Annie Graham and Peter Graham, respectively, the mother and son, uh, do a fantastic job in this movie. Um, also, I, not not huge actors before this, actor and actress. Yeah, uh, Tony, Tony Collette was in The Shining, and she ended up winning a, or not The Shining, sorry, Sixth Sense. Yeah. And she ended up winning an Oscar for that. So she was she was pretty uh, well-known, but Alex Wolf, who played uh, Peter, I mean, really, he was in, like, he was kind of like a child star, but like he wasn't like huge. Or yeah. Anything. This was definitely like it showed off his acting chops pretty well. He did a great job. Um, yeah, I think probably the scene that like best encapsulate uh, encapsulates that uh, when he's in school and he just randomly bangs his head on the desk as hard as he can. Uh, apparently, behind the scenes, he wanted that to be like a real desk. So obviously, they used a prop desk so like he wouldn't break his nose or like end up suing the production. But, like, he was like, no, just let me do a, uh, like, a real desk and I'll just, yeah. like, just smash my nose. Like, so it just, that really shows his dedication to this movie. Like, he's got some serious chops. Um, he really impressed me. This movie slightly uh, reminded me of The Conjuring when, with, like, all the running around the house and stuff. Yeah, that, it's probably, that just, it's, more, it's like a more supernatural horror movie. As a, uh, some of the more, like, slasher movies that have yeah. kind of become popular. Um, but I think, I feel like that's like probably a good thing because recently they've mostly all been 
I mean, Grant, you have like the Conjuring uh, franchise, Annabelle, but I think this really stands out because it's not like a huge franchise of like franchise of movies. It's just a singular movie, and it is terrifying. Don't get me started on Annabelle. I could complain about Annabelle for so long. Yeah. Um, no, I think the acting in this movie is fantastic. Uh, it's one of the freakiest movies I've ever seen. One of the best twists in a movie. Um, it's it's really solid. This is we didn't even plan on talking about this. You saw Quiet Place, right? Yeah, yeah. You like it? Okay. Little bonus uh, bonus movie for the people at home. Um, but yeah, no, Quiet Place was fantastic. Really good. I thought. Um, do you think Bird Box? What do you what do you like better, Bird Box or Quiet Place? Oh, Quiet Place by a mile. It's really? Close. I yeah. like Bird Box. Really? I'd have no, to. I thought I saw Box. Quiet Place a while ago, and I saw Bird Box like also a while ago, but more recent. No, yeah, see, I thought really that... similar, which is annoying. Well, yeah, I just I feel like the writing uh, in. A quiet place is a lot better. There's a lot better uh, character development. Um, John Krasinski of The Office both starred and directed <laughs> that knew, movie. He did a fantastic job. I knew you were going to bring that up. Right yeah. Well, no, because like he's kind of been typecast at least. Like if you if you ask anybody who it is, I mean, he was in one of the most popular sitcoms, like probably like ever. So everybody knows I him as Jim from The Office. If we can but, get through a quiet place without saying The Office, it's going to be a miracle. No, there. Well, I mean, you kind of have to talk about it just because that's what he's mostly known for. But um, no, I thought a quiet place was better personally. I liked Bird Box actually because to me it was more of uh, like an anarchy thing going on. You know how she's like in the hospital and then like. Yeah, no, it was definitely more chaotic. I, well, yeah. I think that's probably because it showed like the how everything kind of hit the fan. Sure. Where a quiet place kind of starts in the middle of it. Um, but I think they're talking about, like, what happened before in the sequel, which was supposed to come out uh, before being pushed back due to uh, quarantine. So I don't think it's coming out until, the like, sequel, 2021 which one? now, which is A Quiet Place. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, yeah, no, it was really, really good. It made a lot of money, so. Mm. All right, well, I'm all set. You have anything else to talk about or say? Uh, yeah, no, I think we should do give our ratings out of 10 for, for each movie. So I like for everybody that. listening at home, yeah, so for every movie we talk about, we are going to rate it out of 10 because we are qualified to do so. Um, <laughs> okay. So starting off with Get Out, I'm going to give it a solid 9.5 out of 10. Are we, are we, how strict are we being? Can I have an example of a, of a 10 movie? So like a 10 movie would be like Godfather's like, 10. Godfather's a ten, like Goodfellas is a ten. Um, again, it's completely not a ten. My personal list, but okay, we can edit this part out. Um, but yeah, so like a ten would be like a perfect movie, like nothing wrong with it. Okay, absolutely no plot holes, like nothing you think like should have been changed. So yeah, like that's what a what a ten is. Got it. Okay, so get out. out, I'm going to give it a personal nine point five out of ten. Okay. Um, I totally agree. Very good. I, sh- I should say I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe I'd give it a high rating if I saw it again. I'm going to go with like 9.1, but really good. Yeah, really, really good movie. Again, this is not going to be often 
that we give such high ratings. We're just talking about really, really, really good. The only movies. reason these are all going to be high is because we literally like we're so particular about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when new movies start to come out, we'll go review them, and we'll probably be a little bit less uh, less generous. Oh, yeah. If a new movie comes out and it sucks, I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm not going to we'll just like play along. Um, okay, The Shining. I'm going to give a nine point nine out of ten. It is again like probably one of the best movies. I was going to say nine nine. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. No, it's fantastic. And Hereditary. I'm going to give an eight point seven. Hereditary, although very good, it's to be completely honest with you, for people that aren't really into movies, it's really hard to follow. It's really confusing. Even though it's the one I picked and I love it, I'd I'd give it like an eight point five. Again, this is called uh we call it film it's film snobs here. We're not not for the light of heart. Okay. Um, but yeah, so again, hereditary, fantastic movie. It's just kind of we did it a disservice by comparing it to two really, really fantastic movies. Um not to say that hereditary is bad, it's just definitely the weakest uh out of all three. Agree. Um so yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening this week. We really appreciate your support and you guys get uh, taking the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to be doing a director spotlight on Steven Spielberg. So if you like Indiana Jones or any of his other countless blockbuster movies, he's probably one of the most influential directors in uh, cinematic history. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. See you guys.